0: Hey guys, week 12, the weekly member message. I kind of look forward to these because it gives me the freedom to talk about whatever I want. And this morning, I just want to uh, bring forward to you a a set of passages about the wrath of God. What do you think about when you hear the wrath of God? Do you see the heavens filled with an angry God waiting to pounce upon the earth or for people who have rejected His Son, entering into His presence and and screaming in pain and being cast to hell, the wrath of God. I have a passage from the apostolic record for you to think about this week. Are you ready? John the Beloved writes this in the third chapter saying, the Father loves the Son and has given all things into His hand. He that believes on the Son has everlasting life (laughs) we agree with that. Anyone who believes has everlasting life. And and I interpret that to mean that they enter into the presence of God and live as his children now on this earth and then after. And then John adds, and he that believes not the son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abides on him or her end quote. So we're sitting reading our Bibles today and we come across this passage, right? And I want you to know that most Christians, they're reading the Bible today, they come across that passage and they see it as having direct application to the world around us right now. That is what people have done for 2,000 years. They read a passage and they say, that's right, that's right. And And the difficult thing is, In part, it's true what that passage says in part. But there's another part that's not true anymore. And and that's why we have to read the scripture with discerning eyes. Because the part that he who believes on the Son has everlasting life is true. That's an eternal principle. You look to the Son in faith. You are given life. You rise up in his resurrection. You enter into the kingdom after this life. Okay, that's true. It will never not be true. But the line, but he that believeth not the Son shall not see life. That's true. They won't see eternal life because they can't even see the kingdom of God unless they've believed. So they'll have a heavenly realm, but they won't see the kingdom of God. But the line, but the wrath of God abides on him. That's not true anymore. And so if you're at a church and, and a pastor's teaching and he reads that scripture and he reads that last line, but the wrath of God abides on him, the, the, and he says, that's not true anymore. People go, oh, what do you mean it's not true? Well, the scripture teaches us why it's not true and, and how it had a place at that time, but not anymore. So from this non-contextual reading of scripture, this interpretation, which is the result of of just saying, written, true, written, true, instead of saying, has that been fulfilled? Is that over now? Uh, people miss the wonder of what God has done through the finished work of His Son and for the world. Let me explain. All through the scriptures, or we could say the apostolic record, John the Baptist, Jesus, the apostles are telling the people of that day the wrath of God is coming. How are you going to escape it? What are you going to do? The book of Malachi says, the great and dreadful day of the Lord. Dreadful day. The wrath of God is coming, right? And so they, it's going to come and fall upon believers of that day. Jesus, uh, Jesus talked about it. John the Baptist talked about it. The Pharisees, how are you going to escape it? Everybody talk, talked about it. The wrath of God in that day. Okay, Keep that in mind. But some people ignore all of that, and what they they, they make up is they say the wrath of God was poured out upon his son. That's a man-made myth. They say God poured his wrath out upon his son. My mentor, Chuck Smith, taught that. Chuck was wrong. God didn't pour his wrath out upon his son. We don't have a single passage that says that. Not one, right? And, and so, uh, first of all, if God poured, like, like I have this, this drink here, if I pour out this drink, there's nothing left in the cup, okay? If it's poured out. So when God, who takes everything into perspective eternally, pours his wrath out, the wrath is gonna be gone. That's the first thing. So just like if I pour this all out on this table, the wrath is gone. So when and if God pours his wrath out, it's a one-time event. You don't pour your wrath out several times, right? Unless you wanna believe that God is accumulating wrath. He keeps getting more and more angry and then he pours it out again, like in hurricanes and floods and things. And then he's appeased until it fills back up. That's not what the scripture says. Then to the point of Jesus, how could a just and good God take his son who was innocent and pour his wrath out upon him while he hung on the cross? That's a man-made myth. What was happening to Jesus on the cross? Men, they took their wrath for Jesus and they poured it out upon him and it ended his life. That's what happened. It Men took and killed him and and he took on the sin of the world as he hung there and it was meted out through their anger and their wrath. Well, that angered God. He sent his own son to come and save those people and they killed him. So the wrath of God was not abiding on his son. He didn't pour it out on his son. How do we know that? Because after Jesus died, resurrected, and ascended into heaven, the apostles still wrote about God's wrath coming. So if God had poured his wrath out on his son, he didn't have any wrath left to pour out on anybody else. But if God didn't pour his wrath out on his son, but instead that was men killing his son, and that wrath was held in abeyance until the great and dreadful day when Jesus would come back with judgment and reward, that is when God poured his wrath out. It was upon the nation of Israel for killing his son. And it was prophesied way back in Malachi and before that there's a great and dreadful day coming. So take all that into consideration as we talk about this. So when John says, and the wrath of God abides upon those who don't believe in his son, how could it be possible if God poured his wrath out upon the nation of Israel in 70 AD when Jerusalem and the nation was literally destroyed? So start to try to see the scripture in context of what was happening. So uh, listen to what Romans 1, eight says. This was after Jesus died, resurrected, and ascended. Paul said, for the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who hold the truth in unrighteousness. Paul right there in that passage is saying God's wrath has not been poured out. It's still held in abeyance. And then there's dozens of other scriptures that talk about it coming forward. So there's a better way. To see it, Jesus had the wrath of man poured out upon him unjustly. He did no sin. God, who is just, would never pour his wrath out upon his own son. But he allowed his son's life to be taken, killed, on our behalf of the sins of the world. Those who put him to death, who did not repent and receive him in faith, remember, who didn't look to him and believe, the wrath of God abided on them. And the apostles were going around and saying, it's coming, it's coming, this wrath. You better get ready, right? As promised, through the Roman armies, they obliterated the nation of Israel. Then we read passages like 2 Corinthians five eighteen through 19. And we take this passage and we make all the other passages about wrath make sense. There, Paul says, all things are of God who has reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ and has given us the ministry of reconciliation as apostles. And he says, namely, that God was in Christ reconciling the world unto himself and not imputing their trespasses unto them and has committed unto us, the apostles, the word of reconciliation. So in summary, in that day, The words of John held true in that day. Hey, Jews who are here, if you look to Jesus in faith, you are and have everlasting life. But if you don't, you haven't even seen life and the wrath of God abides upon you. And in context, we say, yes, that was true for them. And then... After Jesus ascended, we remember Paul's words and other apostles that say, the wrath of God is coming. The wrath of God is coming. On who? Those who put Jesus to death. And then finally, we look at Paul's summary, which says, hey, God was in Christ who reconciled the world to himself. And we realize, one, the wrath of God abided on them. Two, the wrath of God was poured out upon them as history and the Bible describes. Three, once the wrath of God was poured out, there's no more wrath. And so four, when we read that passage in John about the wrath of God abiding on those who don't believe, we know it's fulfilled. And so you go to a funeral of a guy who was a terrible man who never had faith and was uh, angry at everybody and died a miserable death. The wrath of God's not upon him. He was reconciled to God through the death of Christ. And that doesn't mean he's gonna be rewarded. He'll be rewarded with a resurrected body according to the works he did in this life. But the wrath of God isn't abiding on him. The wrath of God isn't abiding on this world. Every time we have a, a earthquake or a hurricane or something, that's not God's anger upon us. God isn't throwing down his anger was appeased when he gave rightful, just punishment to the nation of Israel for killing the Messiah. The rest of it's been fulfilled. Chew on that this week and let it give you hope for the victory that God has had through his son, Jesus Christ. Love you.